Hello and welcome to another beautiful episode of Dikelicious. I'm Leah and I'm Casey. Uh, today we have a very special episode for you, which is an interview with a queer woman that you've met on your travels. Yes. Her name is Tanishka and we are basically just discussing the contrasts between being a queer woman in the East and a queer woman in the West. And I think that we can learn a lot from this interview, actually. I think that it will also help us understand even more so that, you know, like even though we have got equality, we're much further advanced in equality in, mm-hmm. the, in the West. Mm-hmm. It will also kind of remind us that it's not like that for everybody in the queer community. And I think that that's a really important thing to be reminded of. Um, and also, yeah, just to understand what it's like to be queer in, in India I think is just a really really it's a fascinating topic precisely that's always took the words from my mouth <laughs> it's always interesting to find out how life is different in a different place I mean that's why you and I we're not in our home countries anymore it's true it's true it's true it's obviously much better to be a lesbian or queer in Paris yes mm. and on that note you might notice that the, the quality um, <laughs> of the episode so far the internet is incredible <laughs> it is and that is because um I got very sick when I was in India and I decided to come back to Paris just to rest for a couple of months before I end up going back uh, to India and so here I am mm-hmm. um on Casey's sofa and having a lovely time yes you called me or we called three days ago and then you booked your tickets and here you are yeah well it was a pretty fast decision but I'm very happy to be back I'm very happy to see Casey's beautiful face (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's nice actually to record the podcast again with you here in person such a different experience so different and the internet in India Wow. It was really sad to piss me off. So I'm glad that we're here and we're doing this. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. So we'll have less background noise today. Hopefully. <laughs> so that is what we have in store for you today. Mm-hmm. We hope that you like the episode. Yes. And, then, and thank you for being here with us. Thank you for listening. So before we get into the interview, we would just like to say, because this is being released in june Mm -hmm. and june as we all know is pride month yes so happy pride month happy pride month and we just wanted to say that we're very proud of all of you and that you should also be very proud of yourselves um and that this month generally is a time for us to celebrate and come together and yeah essentially be proud of the people that we are Mm -hmm. and and feel seen feel feel seen heard yeah part of the community precisely and the community really does love each and every one of us yeah and I think that that's a really important thing to remember especially when times get difficult Mm -hmm. so we're proud of you I'm proud of you Casey I'm proud of you Leah I'm so happy you're here yeah me too and for pride month 
Yes, this is perfect. It is, it is, it is. It's going to be a great pride. I do have one important question for you. <laughs> Naomi, yeah. how gay was your day? Hmm, my day was, I would say it's very gay because I've spent most of it with you. And that's been really <laughs> nice. And I think it's probably been, yeah, man, it's been weeks since I've had like a super gay day. Mm. I mean, other than the fact that I was riding my motorbike around India, um, looking like a massive fucking dyke. Diesel diking. Diesel diking around India. Um, I mean, those days were pretty gay too. But just being here with you, I recognize it and feel the intensity of the gayness even more. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. feel like we have a an aura of rainbow. We around do. Us. I feel like the whole fucking apartment is just like covered <laughs> in rainbows. I mean, literally, it is. But also the aura around it for sure. Yeah. Um. So I'd say it's been a pretty gay day, That's and great. plus we just spent the last hour watching the ultimatum, the queer ultimatum, the penultimate episode of the ultimatum colon queer love, queer love. Oh, my God. Uh, and it is something. And we are not going to discuss any spoilers because we haven't finished it yet. Yes, don't tell us what happened. Um, yeah, please, <laughs> if you could just refrain. We're watching it after we've finished recording the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's okay. Do you know what? Be yourself, babe. They love it. Um, wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Casey, how gay was your day? I would say I've had a very gay day. Like you said, we've been here together. It's been fantastic. I was very excited to have you around. I'm very glad that you came back. I'm very sorry that it's because you weren't feeling well. That's fine. I mean, that, that aside, that, that, that's Minor not the most detail. important part here. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, there's been you and me and the ultimatum and, wow, I mean, honestly. It's been fuck. a nice day, you know? It's been a good day. Yeah, yeah, we had the sun shining as well. Okay, fantastic. So, 10 out of 10 gay days. 10 out of 10. Let me ask you also. Um, is this to me or to the audience? <laughs> Dear listener, how are you today? How gay was your day? How gay? Yeah. How gay has your day, have your days been? What have you been doing to make your days gayer? Are you enjoying Pride Month? Uh, do you have any funny stories to tell us? Do you have any sad stories to tell us? Are you single? And ready to mingle? Are you, have you tried one of the pickup lines? Have you tried offering a girl a cookie? Because it is perfect time. Pride month is the month that you can offer somebody a cookie. Did you drink any water today? Did you drink water? That's a very good one. Yeah. Take care of yourself, guys. Stay hydrated. Um, especially as you listen to this very interesting episode. Yes. Um, okay, so let's get into the episode. We're listening today to an interview that you did with Tanishka yeah. while you were in India. How did you meet her? So we sat down, we were having a chat at the hostel and the podcast got brought up and she loved the idea of being involved in the podcast. And so we thought that we'd create an episode uh, based on what it's like to be queer in India and to understand the the contrast between the West and the East and, yeah, just to to get a better point of view and perspective. I mean, we don't really hear these voices very often. It's um, true, yeah. So it's really it's really exciting that we're, we've got this, um, and I think it's a great interview. We hope that you like the interview as much as mm-hmm. we do. 
Leah, do you want to set the scene for us? Where were you when you were talking to Tanishka? So we were actually in an empty dorm room in the hostel that we were staying at. Actually, it was a very nice little environment. It was a safe space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I guess as for all of our India episodes so far, there might be a little bit of extra noise in the background. So I hope you'll bear with us. We did the best job that we could. It was literally a pillow holding up the microphone and it was quite a big dorm room. So there was a little bit of, of extra echo and stuff. Extra sound. To extra hear. sound. But it just adds extra personality to the Absolutely. episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoy the episode as, as much as I enjoyed having a very insightful chat. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah. So to start with, I think, like how I knew and stuff. I think I always knew. I don't think there was one particular time that made me think that, okay, uh, maybe I'm queer. I, I was 13 when I kind of like accepted it fully. That, okay, this is a possibility. Not that I'm gay. I did not accept that until late. But I was like, okay, there is a possibility that I might like girls. And um, after that, I think I even tried to, like, you know, I wished I was bisexual. And kind of like there was this guy in class who, like, you know, my friends used to tease me with his name and all. So I thought, like, yes, yes, this is a good guy. Just have a crush on him if I can do it. But I couldn't, like, he was just a friend. And, uh, yeah, like that. And uh, I, like, growing up, I always felt that uh, I would, I think I would never come out to anyone. I don't think, like, I never thought I would have that courage. Uh, plus the uh, the surrounding the environment or the kind of society family I I grew up in, the typical uh, middle class Indian Hindu family. You can still accept yourself without being out to everybody. Yeah, that and so much so that even like my friends, uh, they wouldn't know the difference between between an intersex person or a trans person or a guy who's gay, like that. And yeah, so initially, like you know, when I did that that teenage stuff that stupid things of like you know checking on a quiz if I'm gay things like that I firstly I like you know when we had internet and it was expensive as hell here in India so I searched I think basic things first and then when that internet bill came I checked if they show the links or not and I made mm-hmm. sure that they don't show the links in the bill that came at the at the house and then I took the quiz so I, I think I was 12 or 13 back then so it was crazy and um uh, yeah, and the proper first definition that I like, I read about of like homosexuality because I think I knew that I'm queer first, okay, and later on I got to know the the concept or maybe what is it called, yeah. and there are other stuff. <clears throat> so I read it on Wikipedia, and it was just plain simple. So because I know a few people who are my friends now, they are queer themselves, but they w- were homophobic at at the start. They were like, "This is not good. I'm I'm doing wrong. I'm having wrong thoughts. Things like that." Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened with my process, but I'm so thankful for that because it was very positive. And when I was in college, uh, when I was, I think, 19 or 20, uh, I finally came to a point where I, w- I wanted to share it with a friend and all. So what happened was that this one day, uh, my two other best friends from college, both guys, uh, they were, we were talking about stuff. Uh, initially started with TikTok and how, like, in India, if you're a TikTok user or, like, a TikTok influencer, uh, you're called uh, you're called a chakka or you're called gay. So basically, they really? want to yeah. So basically, they want to uh, like you know curse or like it's basically they're using the it like they're using and the word chakka in a derogatory word. Yeah. So yeah. So because they want to like you know because TikTok like good people and yeah, smart people intelligent people doesn't make TikTok things like that. 
so that and we were talking about that and then it came out and like he was very positive he was like uh, no this is wrong why this is wrong he st- uh, like he said that uh, this is like he kind of educated the other friend and he was uh, a little bit let's say he was just ignored i would like he had no idea about any of it and why it is wrong so like that and then i thought that okay i can come out to him and he's a good friend like that so i think i thought about it for a month and things like that and then i told him on text that i don't want to share something but uh, i'm very like you know yeah, i'm very scared to like share it and uh, it might happen that you might want to stop like you might want to st- stop talking to me after this but even if that happens this can't get out like this is very private what i'm i want to share and we were in some other place sharing uh, we were for, for, for some academic stuff we were some at some other place and there we got time and i shared with him i came out to him and uh, it was fabulous like in return he came out he he came out as bye to me really yep that's so nice yeah it was like our perfect special moment of us two best friends instantly we started like you know joking about it and uh, later on i think i i joined a few like i i made profiles on a few dating apps but the dating apps would say that uh, you can make friends also things like that so i did meet a few people i they, at, at that time i was not up for dating but uh, i did meet like i not meet but like i got to know just online uh, people and talk to them so yeah i think the first community and even still majority of the of the community that i'm uh, connected with is just online and uh, yeah that's how it it went right now like later on i chose to like you know come out to a lot more people some were like seniors from college or like random people but people that like you know even if i have talked to them very less i kind of have a good bond or maybe i trust mm-hmm. them yeah so things like that plus uh, then in i think 2019 or uh, yeah or 18 uh, homosexuality was uh, decriminalized in india at that time like you know a lot of people put instagram stories so that helped me a lot in screening so what i do when i come out to someone like when i it's not like something that i do I, right now i've reached a process where if i just want to tell about tell it to someone so when they ask about my dating thing i just instead of to some people i say yeah i have a boyfriend if i want to say it sometimes i don't it just spills out or uh, with some people i can freely say that yes uh, my girlfriend like if i'm talking about something that okay yeah, i went to that cafe with my girlfriend so things like that it's not i'm not fully there but i hope to like you know be that confident in my sexuality and feel safe and be safe where i can just normally say that oh okay like you know how people talk about their partners so like that i understand that obviously it is nicer to be out to people and be able to refer very openly yeah i think but uh, everyone that i i'm out to i think there are 30 40 people which is i think a good number considering uh, what we have here so considering that and i'm out to one one cousin as well which i'm like you know that was a very uh, i would say a positive milestone uh, she what she said was uh, what you're saying like you know you just said that you're gay it's nothing new to me it's just coming very natural to me and it's not that i thought about it i i suspected that uh, of anything about his sexuality it's just that you're saying it and i'm like yeah okay so mm-hmm. that was good and with other other friends too and you mentioned already about the dating apps and you told me something the other day about Bumble and how it works when you meet people and to verify if they're fake profiles i personally don't do it so uh, i just swipe right on people which i feel are the like so here i think it's very easy to scrap out fake profiles uh, the pictures would be because one so half of the profiles that you would find on dating apps if you're queer 
nobody's going to put like you know the whole ass pictures of themselves mm-hmm. they kind of maybe hide their faces or something like that whatever because it's very obvious if it's a fake profile so that plus if they're talking nicely and then i take their instagram so if they have like good number of posts this and that then okay and i don't know i talk to people on the app itself for a few days before like connecting with them on instagram because if you come on my instagram you know my identity mm-hmm. and there are very much very a lot of scams here where like you know they would blackmail you know, like scammers or maybe blackmailers they would take your pictures and be like okay these are the people who have commented on your photo and so basically they know you so give us money or we'll tell tell them that you're okay it's a possibility like it this kind of thing happens so that's why i don't want to give inst- my instagram to just anybody so i have like another profile where i send them and then i see like okay and uh, a few times i think the person that i was talking to on the other end was also doing the same thing if if someone is like you know if they seem cautious they jump right up to like you know exchanging phone numbers on instagram i'm like okay no plus uh now i've reached i think if there are chances if uh five out of three people or two people that i add now on my instagram i have like we have mutuals so i'm like okay this must be a genuine person okay. and i uh, i made a friend and like we are kind of best friends now and uh, so when i added them on my instagram there were like people from my school my like my classmate uh they were added uh, the person and before adding i was in panic like what the fuck is it and then we talked i i asked them like how do you know the this person this person they were like okay are they my college classmates I was like okay and like we were from like nearby towns so that made sense but yeah th- even that minor thing panicked me so fucking much because you were scared that if it was it was what somebody that you uh, knew that maybe was- it was them or not i'm not sure what if it is uh someone doing a prank or something mm-hmm. if not even if this is a real person what if they tell that person like they out me to to these people to these people yeah yeah okay and like can you just explain a little bit about sometimes what happens with the like video calls and stuff yeah so uh i don't know it but some people follow this practice where uh before like you know adding people on any other social media platform other than the dating app itself they have a video call on dating app or uh, if not that then before like you know talking much they just want to have a video call with the person just to see their face and know if this is a real person because like just to like you know rule out these scammers and like black videos like that so yeah but on, on that one too it happens it has happened that like you know uh, i know one story where the person agreed like okay yeah i'm a real person i can video call and the other person was like yeah that's that's how i check because i've been you know i've been scammed before something like that so uh this person went and the other person took screenshot and then started blackmailing this person like but these cases are very i think less it has never happened to me or anyone that i know very closely mm. but yeah that you're already kind of hiding in society and then to add the added stress of potentially being blackmailed and outed correct and to add to it the like you know even if today um, like there are other profiles as well they would just have a few mutuals with you and they would just start talking like you know they would send messages on instagram something like okay are you okay i'm also okay and they're not and like they are fake profiles and it's very evident but yeah that's another line of it mm. but i think this is a, a very small part of it yeah. the good thing is about being a queer person in india which i recently also shared with a friend i just it just struck to me even like okay the space is so like 
like to each individual the spaces carrying their own terms uh, even if you are from a small town uh, or like you know or any city any even if it, it's a metro city uh, so things are still difficult yet we have created a flourishing community where we have started like you know having prides and meetups and things like from like thousands of miles away and they would be like online best friends and they would think of like you know meeting so i had this friend and at that time i was in college and uh, practically like i had no money to travel that much so we were like okay once i get a job i'll meet you so i got a job after i think so the date for four four and a half years we were just online friends and then after that when i had enough money to travel and after covid we finally met and it was like i felt amazing fuck really yep that's so nice yes so yeah i think like we uh, the the sense of like you know flourishing in hard times so that's that's good plus right now i think with with uh, our generation it's getting so much better like in in government colleges of delhi you would find uh, you know monthly newsletters screen newsletters of course they are not like you know uh, recognized by the university or something but yeah, even like if it's yeah, yeah so, but even if it's like 30 people getting it it counts and it's just a start but i think there there are more subscribers to that like anybody could subscribe but it's a queer collective like that and uh, there are three to four days uh, events of like you know where you could you could do stand up or your poetry or things like that in delhi in delhi in goa do you know in, these in the kind of events in delhi yes okay in delhi yeah i could find but yeah that is a cool place to be if you're queer i don't know man yeah. i haven't found anything like um so i've been doing some research into trying to find out a bit about the queer scene in delhi okay, okay. I could not find anything nothing like and I mean one of the things that I did kind of realize is that there are like these queer cafes and queer places that accept and invite that are safe spaces for queer people okay but they're all very expensive places yeah. they are not accessible to everyone like if you're going to sell fries for 400 bucks like okay once or twice someone would go but if it they are a student who get pocket money from home well, i don't think there was like to be that yeah it doesn't have the funds to do that plus yes and uh, still i think so there is this there are cafes like this uh, i know of this huge as i think it's an organization plus they have a cafe in mumbai but i think they are turning too much into the capitalistic side of things like uh, i think they organize some pride in mumbai and they Uh, asked the uh, like you know they asked people to not have political uh, slogans or pl- political uh, boards agendas yeah yeah so like that but it is related like what now like all the prides are going to happen now may and june so i think they're going to have things related like they're going to have slogans related to marriage and government and things like that and i think it's political how how could you i think they're moving I mean, too safe to put it the way that i see it is that once like for example you said like after 2018 when uh, gay sex was decriminalized it started to get a little bit better like in society like not necessarily in the whole of society yeah. but like just a little bit a yes. little bit more like even if it was like yes. the tiniest difference you yes know? and i think that if for example in the supreme court it goes through and gay marriage becomes legal 
slowly it's going to start to influence yeah. people and allow them to understand that actually, okay, well, that's the law. Why should we really have much of a problem with it? And I, it's something that is definitely a, uh, a yeah. very long process. Yeah. What you said, I don't think that's going to take, uh, like, you know, that's going to be the first thought. How it's going to change is if uh, two people want to marry each other. Earlier, even law was not in their side. So, like, you know, they couldn't prove... They were not protected by the law or by the police. But right now, they will be. So, I think... I don't think because of law, people or, like, the families would change their mind just because it's a law now. But what would change is that if people still, like, you know, take courage and uh, they still marry their partner as they wish. And if... Uh, earlier, it used to happen that families would, uh, like, you know, uh, file a case, uh, file an FIR for uh, like you know that my person like my my child or a child is either they are kidnapped or lost with uh, and they would uh, like you know it would be like they would be accusing the partner so this is what used to happen after 2018 it like you know reduced there is this case uh, from Gujarat and uh, two women and one of them is in police she's a constable herself so earlier she uh, like she was living with her partner and uh, the family had filed missing persons complaint and then so when you file a missing persons complaint the person like obviously they found her she's the employee or something like that I don't know mm. but uh, it's like you have to go through the whole process and it's very difficult like why even get yeah, into like it there's no yeah. point because yeah. you're not like kidnapped or yeah. lost or whatever but yeah it happened plus after that this uh, if they were 18 plus so that was good but still, so like now if marriage rights are there and they could marry, their, their, their family would be like, like legally they won't be able to... To do those kind do, of things. Yeah, yeah. And it's less pressure on the couples. Yep. Plus, right, I think, so there is this politician and uh, during election, one of his video got leaked where he was uh, having sex with uh, one of his workers, I think housemates, uh, yeah. So I think the the guy like the the servant did not get jailed right maybe did, but the politician uh, he got he got jailed for it, and he was in jail, and after twenty eighteen he got out. Because it was criminal hands. Yeah, yeah, and there was a proof that he's doing it. Usually it's like where's the proof? Like you know even if you do it. Yeah, you can say yeah, like yeah I saw this yeah. and there's no evidence. There's no evidence, but that that was the evidence. So yeah. And after that, he did a statement like, for me and for people like me, it's going to be a relief and uh, we are hoping for better this and that. But yeah. He was very old, by the way. He's not, he was not that young to like, you know, take up on the movement. Mm. He's very old. Oh, yeah. Growing up, did you have any like idols or any representation in the, like within the media and stuff that you, that made you feel a little bit more comfortable with being queer? Just movie or show characters counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think I still might have to say no. Yeah, I think the only yeah I think there's this show, uh, Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's that show was the I think one of the first few places yeah. that I show pos- that I I saw where I saw positive representation. Because in India, there was no such content. Plus, even if there was... And I, by the way, I saw it back in when I was in, I think, 12th grade. So that was like 2016. Very late. Mm. But before that, uh, whatever presentation there was in India, it was very negative. It was... it was, It's like the stupid guy is the gay guy. And uh, 
there are one or two movies where uh, the girl is i think have you seen the movie roommate okay so like the girl is obsessed over the another girl supposed to be her roommate or things like that and then she would try to kill so like things like that it's like they make them crazy yeah crazy or stupid or criminal mindset and things like that so there was i, I don't think i had any role model like that and with pretty little liars i don't think that any characters were my role models but it was just good to to have see something which is yeah like she's just like she has a girlfriend and her parents are like okay yeah and then yeah, just being normal about it yeah. and i mean don't answer this if it's not comfortable but like for your family do you think that you would ever be able to come out to them i wish to and uh, i like you know so i try to what ease in the things so i i have like talked in bits very small bits with my mother but not about me so just basic like this one time we were uh, like you know doing we were, we were cooking something and on tv it was some show was on so there was this a uh, director from hollywood who was on that show as a judge and uh, he's gay like it is believed that he's gay he has never said that said this on 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 television but yeah so like i had the chance and we were just talking it was summer so i i think i started the conversation she was she had no clue like she thought that all the intersex people were called gay so so my mother doesn't know the word intersex she knows the hindi word the community that we have here hijra so intersex people have yeah so uh, the she thought that he was one of the uh, he, she thought that he was hijra, uh, hijra uh, uh, intersex person but uh, he's just gay so i explained it to her that no okay this is this uh, all this and then she uh, shared one another thing that uh, okay i like your brother like my brother uh, also talks about one of the friends that he has who's gay and who's very like you know bubbly and nice and polite so yeah so i thought like okay like at least she's not very like i think uh, if she was very much homophobic or something like that she would uh, have said bad things but she did not and yeah that was good but uh, another thing like i think it's okay as long as her kids are not queer it's okay to be queer but not your kids kind so yeah and then recently we were talking about something and i said like okay like i would spare you of all this and i can just marry a girl and she was like just to like you know spare me of uh, all the chores and uh, this you would uh, why would like you know just for this why would you sacrifice and like marry a girl like now to it's allowed also because you see like the 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 bill is in play uh, we might have a loss on so it's going to be okay she and she just outrightly asked me like are you lesbian and i was like no but i'm just saying that like you know the law is there like so we can even if you're not and uh, yeah as in then then the topic changed but it was just that uh if she had said like i think now not but at that moment and even for one or two days after that i thought that if she had said instead of the lesbian what if she would have said gay i might have give, given her a few hints because here in and plus the uh school space that i had the word lesbian is so so much sexualized i yeah. i kind of don't uh like it like to like you know associate myself with it because if that's the word i'm going to use to introduce myself in this space i'm going to be seen or perceived as something that they do and not what i am or what i want to i want to portray as 
think that's a very important point. I think everywhere, I mean, everywhere in the world, lesbians are definitely sexualized, which is the creation of men. Um, And still they're homophobic like you. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand at all uh, how it works. There are, like, you know, good uh, good movements like this. uh, A person, this trans person, I think both of them had surgeries. I think just top surgeries, but yeah, and uh, they got married. So, like, even if you cannot marry by law, you can marry by tradition like that. So, they got married like that. So, they are, like, a straight couple now. And uh, they got pregnant. So, uh, the, the trans women is... No, the trans men is pregnant now. So, yeah, and it was it was good and, like... Oh, yeah, I see this, yeah. Yeah, so, but, but the comment section on that, like, you know, so news portals, news channels and their accounts on social media, so they posted in the comments. Some of the comments were good, so that's good, but some of them were, were very horrible. Uh, but, yeah. But, yeah, this this another thing, like, you know, I like to check uh, comments on every or each or every news related to the community just to just to i don't know why to, to, see, to yeah. see what kind of people but a lot of times i see good stuff mostly and as soon as i start to see like bad stuff i just stop but yeah, a lot of times i see good stuff and that's that's good i think it is something that's like it does give you a little bit of hope when you see yeah. the positive things because at least you know kind of that it's not all of society that is against yes, this community you know um and as hard as it is to to see the bad stuff i think in any like even in europe and even in western countries there's bad comments Good. everywhere and i see them as well and i start to comment on them and i'm like fuck you you fucking <laughs> idiot um but yeah i mean i think to eradicate that completely is almost impossible <coughs> almost impossible or somewhere that's very 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 far down the line um even for the west you know because you're yeah. always going to have these like people. extremist people that just like to be fucking assholes um when it's none of their business but like i think personally i would be i, I don't fucking care about it as long as i am i'm backed by the law one because yeah everything runs by the law so if i'm backed by the law plus if my family is okay with it after that I, I don't think I even care about it like just and that too just my parents not even I would say my sibling but if just my parents are okay with it I'm um, like that's just it's gonna take I then I'll like you know then I, I don't think I'll come out to every, anyone else after that like I will say outright and like okay wait listen I'll, I'll just be out and about about it mm. but yeah so I think those are the only two people Plus, of course, even if even if the law is not there, even if they don't pass the law, but I somehow like my parents are like you know if they support me, I think I would still lead a, uh, a life which I want to, which I don't see happening right now because like I will have to lie about my life or live a life that I don't want. But there is no way as of now to live uh, like you know live it normally. So I mean, it does. <clears throat> it sounds like a very complicated um, position to be in 
because I mean again like I'm comparing a lot between the West and how it is here because obviously I know how it is in the West and that's my experience um, but I think because of the the values and like especially like the marriage and the rituals that you guys have here it makes it even more fucking complicated to try to get out of these situations you know like in the in England I could say like my parents aren't going to bring up the conversation of marriage okay. ever they might like my dad might make a joke about like grandkids or something and I'll be like okay cool like you'll get them if you get them when you get them okay. you know but they're not going to ask me like when are you going to get married that's just something that just won't that's happen just amazing um and that's why it's so different and it's so interesting for me and so like that's why I want to understand a little bit more about how it works um, because I feel very very privileged to be able to be in a situation where even if I didn't come out to my, <coughs> uh, come out to my parents that I could still live a life without having to lie to them I mean I'd probably have to lie to them anyway but like you know I could get away with it quite easily by being like this is my roommate and not have yeah. any added pressure of you know being like I'm never going to get married because I'm fucking lesbian um, okay. and so that's why yeah I don't know like that's why for me it's like it's such a yeah a fucking hard hard situation to be in huh? yeah like I think I think about this particular thing almost I think daily but uh, yeah, I and, and it's not just me, but other people too. Uh, people who have similar family settings as mine. So yeah, it's something that goes on constantly, and we kind of joke about it about lavender marriages. But what I don't want to marry, like even if it's just it's it's the blessing, like you know, the world is blessed by coincidence amongst all, and it's all normal. As uh, I, I don't think I, I would still want to marry. But that's such like that's still far. Before that, I'm like okay if if I have to marry, I want to marry this person. Or if not that, I think like because arranged marriages in India are very common. But so the worst that can happen is me marrying a, a straight guy. And then the worst that can happen is me marrying a guy, even if he's gay. But if there are arranged marriages and if somehow they're like, okay, this is the girl that you want to marry, I think I would still be okay with that. Even if I don't like, you know, if I don't like the girl or something like that, then marrying a straight guy. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I feel, I, I don't know, maybe I thought about this when I was not sober. So it's very weird, but. But it's, uh, it must be fucking scary to know that. At some point, your parents are going to ask you the question of, okay. Yeah, I mean, we joke about uh, things like this all the time. Where, yeah, like, you know, so there's there's a, a friend of mine who's gay. And we don't, like, we know each other from some other common space. So basically, like, you know, uh, yeah. So he was, like, my family's pressuring me to marry. And uh, they're okay with a few, uh, and I have a government job now, government job now. And they're okay with a few... Uh, like you know they'll go up and down in that caste bar so do you know someone who would be like, you know willing for a level of marriage and that and there's like okay I'll ask someone and uh, like I, 
practically had no one to ask to but i said okay i'll ask someone and just uh, casually i i told of it and then yeah they don't take it seriously and later on he was like uh, okay so can you also marry me like like you we were just friends and we were like talking about it so it was not mm-hmm. serious so he was like hey why don't you marry me and i was like you want like we have different caste like you have to be my caste to like you know for me to marry you and then he's kind of like he's upper caste he's his his caste is upper than mine so he's like okay like i'm upper caste like why how why can't you marry me then i'm like okay but still like even if you're upper it doesn't matter that it has to be the same caste so it's that level of a thing and, and there's like so many yeah. layers to it that yeah so like my family wouldn't be okay with it if i married someone a straight guy of a different caste so marrying a girl is, is a very far thing yeah man it's fucking yeah big. what if i know this this couple this girl she was she came out to the family after a while they were okay with it and uh, later on like when they said that it's okay like if you want to marry a girl do it uh, just make sure she's from our religion so they and and her girlfriend was not so it was like you know, break up with her thing fucking hell they like they went so much like you know they opened one of the doors but not all it's, it kind of seems like yeah when one door opens another one kind of reshuts you know at least like mm-hmm. they made like interrelate in interreligious and intercaste um marriage is legal and yet it's still something that's <coughs> such a big issue for a lot of people people do get killing killed like honor killings are persistent in india based on caste if you and uh, yeah like a lot of times and there are people who elope i have someone in my family he eloped and it was quite difficult for him maybe because he stole also but uh the cast of like his ours and like you know his the girl he married they are like different and still it's been more than a decade and uh, i don't think he's properly involved in the family yet that really shy him out yeah but like his parents accepted him to some bit but yeah i think it it was to come from both ways he was also not up to it like you know to mingle back but mm. yeah that thing was there i think that at least like what i found is in the east and in like countries for example like morocco and uh the ivory coast okay in africa um these are two countries that i visited in the last six months okay and <coughs> if i were to go somewhere in the west like if i were to go to america or australia or england or new zealand or whatever people would look at me and be like fucking lesbian yeah like there's a judgment that we make straight away or an assumption mm-hmm. and in the countries like that I just mentioned Morocco uh the the Ivory Coast and here they don't make the assumption so in Morocco it's illegal to be gay yeah um so it's still criminalized and in the Ivory Coast it's not illegal but it's only accepted in private they yeah. they don't acknowledge it basically exactly okay. like you can do it but you don't say a word to anybody okay 
um, and you do it in the privacy of your own home and as soon as you leave your home it doesn't get mentioned or whatever um, and yeah one thing that I've noticed is that in the countries where being gay isn't really like accepted uh, in society or by the law um, is that people really do not assume at all with my girlfriend when she came here we would walk around and hold hands and like like show a little bit of public affection yeah. in certain areas and I was looking out to see like to gauge kind of someone... the reaction yeah and like nobody gave a fuck but I feel like if I was Indian then it would be a different story yeah one because the main thing anyone would come up and say is like you know you're what are you doing is this something that we should do or things like that and are you forgetting a culture or something like that they can't say all those things to you one second could be i don't know like they would have to come to you and talk i think they feel that when people do this kind of moral policing in public places yeah. they think that they have some kind of power over whoever they're policing so maybe they thought that they don't have that power over you because you're not indian and plus because you're white because you're white so maybe that plus it's like okay what's it's not none of our business because they are not from here okay but what if one of you were an indian woman i think maybe it could have changed that i'm not sure but i think it's there's going to be a whole spectrum of reactions from people in public if you change like from one two white women to one white woman or from there to like just one like one white woman and one indian yeah. to like both indian women i think it's still like uh, being like for women couples it's easy then like i think it's difficult for men here more because i can wear boyish clothes have short hair a guy can have long hair i don't think they can wear very girly clothes they will be bullied the fuck out of their lives and uh, same as with like you know that i can be even with my street friend even with uh, a friend who's like a female friend who's who's not queer uh, i would still be like you know we could sit in a way where two men irrespective of their sexuality even if they're not partners or partners i don't think they can sit like that yeah because then they would be like you know call out names and that people lead okay because like i mean another thing that i've seen here is like the guys that hold hands Yeah, it's very common. In like if you saw that in the west, you would assume that they're a couple. Exactly. Like that is kind of nice because at least they're acknowledging physical affection. Yeah, yeah I mean physical affection for sure, but also that if you did for example, if there were two gay guys, okay, they could hold hands and like it would be something and it wouldn't necessarily be in the way that you wanted everybody to um to perceive it because they would just assume friends, but it would be just at least nice that you would be able to kind of have that public affection whereas in Europe if you did that or if two girls like if it was two girls or two boys or whatever or a girl and a boy and they were holding hands or like linking fingers then it would be assumed but uh, it's very common for like you know here even men to show or like be in physical close physical proximity like if it's a crowded bus or a crowded train you would see a man sitting in some other man's lap or like lads that's, that's yeah. like common and couples even at home uh, like you know even at home couples in front of their family don't show much affection to each other mm. so yeah a cousin of mine it was his wedding anniversary and we were like let's go out and just have a dinner 
like uh, the cousin yeah. his wife and uh, my brother the four of us with their daughter then he was like no it won't look good what will what will father say is like his father what will like it won't look good if i'm going to go out on dinner on my wedding anniversary and then he doesn't he never goes out with his wife for movies because again his friends would tease him that you are like you know you are your wife's man thing like that okay. it's i feel like there's just so many compartments of things that you like these unwritten kind of rules that you have to respect yep or you're going like, to get shit for and like everybody wants to do it everybody wants to go out on their fucking wedding anniversary to celebrate it but they can't because they're not talking to each other and because they're thinking that what will they say they say yeah i think there's a big a big problem of like yeah. what were this what were these people thinking yeah. of this in episode 2 i think uh, i asked um I gave some advice to a friend of um the other co-host and the she basically was asking like okay so I've seen this cute girl in a cafe and um I want to know if she's gay or not or like if she's queer how do I do that so I'm going to ask you the question that I asked everybody what would you do if somebody okay. came up to you in a cafe and bought you a cookie I would talk to them yes and Yeah, I would talk to them. Plus, okay, so there this this one time uh, a classmate of mine told me that she was gay. Mm. S- and and that she liked me. And still I think still I'm not out to her. She doesn't know that I'm gay. So even if like she came and said I I still didn't say anything. Mainly because she was stupid and she would have doubted me. But like at that time I was not out to myself, but even later on I did not tell her. Do you still talk to her now? she uh, very rarely i don't think i've talked to her but uh, before that also like i did we I, she was in school so after school and after like you know at the end of the college i came out to my friend and uh, i was more into i was becoming more of myself after college even after that like you know when we would talk i think we talk once or twice on phone in a year okay so and there were chances but i still did not i was like oh, my father thing like that but yeah. but right now if that would to happen i would talk to i would talk to them and uh, yeah like it it's going to be a positive interaction okay good to know all right all right i just realized that actually there's one more question i want to ask okay. just about the queer scene i mean now you you're moving to pune is the queer scene like quite underground or is it like easily accessible and like yeah i don't know it's better than the cities that i've been as of now so open as in like if it's like you know if you're confident if it's too crowded you could maybe kiss your partner yes people would see and not sure there could be reservations to that but other than that there are there are open like if there's a queer meetup at some cafe uh, there's a possibility that that cafe won't be in a very dingy place like you know it would be so a normal like a ca- bit cafe bougie, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's a pride yeah we have a pride in Pune which is I think like a lot of prides which happen in a lot of cities they do it in some kind of road which is good okay but it's not very crowdy so like you know there's not many people that are going to see it yeah it's going to be a lot of people from community but not other people so i think it happens in open space 
there, so that's good. Um, and like the meetups and stuff, are they relatively easy to find? Yeah, like they are easy to find. I think almost everywhere. I think there are every page. Uh, like they they create a page every any group or organization that is formed, mm-hmm. and uh, somehow like you know, maybe they would post something that someone else would share, so we get access. So like right now, I have. I know about everything that is going in, all the events that happen in Goa or Ahmedabad or, yeah, because they have pages which are very active and uh, if you search enough, you can find them easily. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know that what's happening. Okay, because I found it very fucking hard. Like, I don't know, man, I've, I seem to find out all about the events after they've happened. Oh, it happens, yes. At least in Delhi and then the Facebook groups and stuff that I try to find are not haven't been active since 2014 or something okay. you know um, so it's nice to know that there are things that exist and obviously that you can find it I think for, for foreigners anyway because I don't have that many friends in or any queer friends in those kind of cities that it's also harder because I'm not seeing the other content that they're posting and that they're finding okay yeah so content. maybe that's it yeah, yeah. Uh, I think but even if so if you were to come up on my dating app, I think uh, I would be like, okay, maybe she's just here for a few days. Plus, this also could be a fake profile. I don't know. All right. Because it's easy. Like, it's a little bit difficult. Like, if it was an Indian person's profile uh, photo, I'd be like, okay. Like, there are chances that someone would, like, you know, see it. Someone who knows that person would see the profile and will, and will tell them. But, oh, your profile is there. I saw you. Yeah. It's very common, like, even if in street people. So, yeah, they tell you, like, I saw you there. Because the place that I live in, I have a lot of relatives there. I cannot use a dating app there. I would see a lot of my cousins. And I don't want to see them. And I don't want to be seen by them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, like that. But But to have, like, you know, for example, your photo. I wouldn't have any mutuals from you or like people who know you by face won't yeah. be here to cite, to tell you that someone is using your pictures. So it's easy to use your pictures. True. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I have Instagram. Ah. I do know a lot about scams and blackmails. You do. You do do a lot. You do. I. I do. I do know a lot about scams and blackmails. <laughs> I promise, I'm not blackmailing or scamming anyone. No, I mean that I'm going to use your pictures. That's fine. Nice. Okay. Go on. Make some money. But when you show up, it's going to be quite different. If I'm a scammer, why would I show my face <laughs> and like, like go? No, I mean like if you show, yeah, if you show up in person. I don't know. It depends on what you're looking for. Okay. So now that we've heard all of the interview, Casey, is there anything that really stood out to you? I think the thing that struck me the most was hearing about the stories that she was talking about people having to be so extra careful on the dating apps and having to be really aware that they could be being scammed while they're chatting to somebody. Yeah, well, you know, you think that somebody's being genuine and then, I mean, they have to speak for a month before they actually, like, meet or video call or whatever just to make sure that this person is genuine and putting enough effort into it just so that they don't get fucking blackmailed. That's really sad. So actually, uh, I didn't have a similar experience, but when I was in India, I wanted to find the queer scene. And so you already know that I was kind of 
trying to find queer friends and queer mm-hmm. events and stuff through the dating apps because mm-hmm. it's a really good way to meet locals and, and everything. And so I found, I came across this um, lesbian WhatsApp group mm-hmm. uh, that was based in Delhi. Mm-hmm. So I found this like, and it was quite well hidden, like online. How did so, you find it? Uh, I mean, like I was going through all of these like forum websites and uh-huh. stuff. And normally the most obvious things are the worst things. Like they're not the like mm-hmm. true things. Yeah. So I was like diving quite deep into the, the World Wide Web. Yeah. And yeah, I came across this lesbian WhatsApp group on one of the forums and I joined it and I was like, okay, I was looking through and I saw some names and whatever, and it was quite a big group. Mm. So I was like, okay, like maybe this is, you know, my pot yeah. gold at the end of the rainbow. Nice. Um, and so I sent a message in there and I was just like, hey guys, uh, I'm visiting Delhi. Uh, I'm looking just to see if there's any queer events or anything happening. I'd be really interested to like to come and join some of them, et cetera, et cetera. And like within, I think, two minutes, I had had a reply from a guy and I was like, okay, hold on. It's supposed to be a lesbian group. Mm-hmm. And then when I read and saw what he had replied, it was just literally, I think he'd sent like six to eight gifts of like sexual things, like between men and women. Oh. And then also lesbians. Oh. Um, and they were pretty fucking graphic as well. And so immediately, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, bro, like, is that really fucking necessary? Mm. Um, and then he started sending some more. And I was just like, do you know what? You're a fucking dickhead. And I left the group and I blocked him. But I mean, it's not exactly a scam, but it's like, no wonder these people don't feel safe. That's pretty gross. Yeah. And it's just like, these people, like, how are you supposed to feel safe when you're trying to find these groups? Yeah. And trying to connect with people that you think are, like, going to be like a safe space and a good part of the community to kind of join in. Mm. But it just felt like, you know, there's not enough safe spaces for queer people. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a similar kind of thing of people finding these spaces and just like violating privacy and 100%. yeah it's pretty gross the other thing that kind of stood out as well was the missing persons things where the parents can go to court and claim that their daughter has been kidnapped or kidnapped by her lesbian girlfriend i mean it just i guess this one i think it really hit me because it's like even as an adult these women can't make decisions for themselves and they're still being controlled by disapproving family members and i mean i think that it just the cultures and the communities and societies are very very different in the in the east and the west and there's a lot of very different conditioning happening um what has happened in the past with with people religion obviously the big factor as well and with this other stuff but it's just yeah, it's insane to think that mm. you could go to the police and be like, my daughter's missing because her girlfriend has kidnapped her. I mean, obviously, I guess they have a duty to take their seriously. Yeah, but it's just kind of petty just because you don't want you. I mean, I think the way that it translates is that in the East or in the West, like families maybe won't be accepting. Mm. And I think that that's like a common problem everywhere because you never know how your family is going mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there actually is a really 
beautiful community where this Sharon, I believe, started this kind of organization to help people come out to their parents. Mm-hmm. And so she would go and like speak to the parents and mm-hmm. see how they would feel. And then be like, well, my son is gay. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't changed anything for me. And basically try to help these families overcome their issues with it. Oh, that's really nice. Which is a really, like, I mean, I think, like, we can definitely look at the negative kind of aspects to being queer in specific countries. Yeah. And the struggles around them. But there's also a lot of really beautiful things that are happening at the same time that mm-hmm. don't get mentioned as much. Mm-hmm. We think that's very important now that you recognise that there, there are changes coming and happening and there are these people that really do care about the queer community mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what country you're in, there's some sort of good little rainbow that's kind of growing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really nice. And um, I will try to find the link and everything and add it into the Exactly. Um, And just one other point is that that I wanted to make is that intersex, um, the word intersex is used quite often here, and it's just a way that they would say trans people. Yeah, I think it's just the translation. Um, Yeah, it's just a translation kind of thing. So I guess, yeah, I guess what she was saying a lot is that a lot of people automatically think that gay people are trans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that they don't understand or they can't differentiate between the two. Yeah. Um, and I guess that comes down to like education and understanding. Understanding of the queer culture and exactly. the spectrum. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. But it is a really beautiful story at the end. Like, it's pretty cool to hear that, like, even through all of that shit, she's still living her life. She's dating girls, she's having experiences. For sure. It's nice. And she's happy to talk about it. And I think yeah. that's really nice. And and I'm really, really glad that I got to meet somebody that was so, I say, I'm quite happy to talk to me about it as well because I know that it's not an easy thing mm-hmm. to, to talk about. Um, so, again, to the show, you're listening. And thank you very much for the interview. Thank um, you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, we really that's, appreciate it. And I think that a lot of the people that I did to meet to get to me so really appreciate their insight. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And so I think this episode came from a lot of you. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Again, we're just very grateful and appreciative that Nishka gave us the time to get to understand what it's like to be queer in India and to kind of give us her insight and, yeah, to tell us her story and to share with us and be so open. Um, I think that that's something that makes this community so incredible is the fact that we can all stick together and share and encourage each other and kind of lift each other up. And I think that that's something that she does very well. Yeah, it's a really beautiful story. It really was. Thank you. So let me also just ask you, Leah, next time you're traveling in a different country, you're staying at a hostel, sitting in the common room, and you see a cute girl around. And let's imagine in this scenario that you're single, mm-hmm. um, of course. Do you have a pickup line for this girl? I would walk up to her and say, and like have my phone in my hand and just say, wow, um, I just got a Google notification for the best places to eat out. And you're at the top of the list. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, huh? Smooth. No? And why are you traveling? It's so 
fuck. Yeah. I, you know, I'm never traveling with you when you're single. <laughs> I think you can learn a lot. Okay. I don't need this lesson. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I reckon that I'd have some some good feedback. <laughs> Anyway, I hope that you enjoyed um, that little pickup line. I know last week I did tell you that it was going to start to get less dirty. But yeah, I, I thought like. we were going to stay with the nice side, the sweet side. Uh, maybe next week. Uh, so stay tuned for that episode and then uh, let us know what you think. As always, thank you very much for listening. And if you've got anything to share with us, please don't hesitate. You can reach us at dicalicious.podcast at gmail.com or you can find us online on Instagram at Dicalicious underscore podcast. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, do feel free to leave a five-star review um, or share with your friends, spread the love. And uh, most importantly, I think, is uh, happy Pride Month. Absolutely. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy every part of this month and just be proud of who you are. Yeah. We love you. We, We do love you. We're proud of you. We're so proud of you. Oh Look my you god. Go. What a legend. You be proud. Shine in all of your beautiful <laughs> colours. Um, yeah. Busy busy. Have a good week. Bye.